0: Being in
1: the or <laughs> totally. Okay. I'm about to squeeze in one more share, especially because I missed last week. Um and I wasn't here two weeks ago. And you were here two weeks ago. Okay. So this is really a continuation from last week more, which was the topic of Suke de Zimra and in particular where it sits. Good morning. So we were looking I have um it was a four-row handout like this. Hi, good morning. I don't, see. I don't see more copies of this one. Okay, right now I don't see more copies of this one. So this was the 4-0.
2: There's,
1: there's usually paper up there. Yeah. Okay, anyway, yeah. The role of suki de Zimra, which is in this line here. So whereas brachos was in the world of physical, the world of asiyah, that which is totally done, or doing, okay, that was brachos, and that's the body. So it's thank you for the physical body, and thank you for the physical gifts that Hashem has given us. At the level of psuket zimra, it's the level of the emotional, it's the level of life, and the forces of life, and the forces that shape life, um, it's associated with the world of yitsira of formation. So all those forces that push and pull and shape and um, even throw us around, the earthquakes, the tidal waves, the, the climate, the mazalos, right? Everything where there's this sort of outer forces and recognizing in Psuke de Zimra that those forces are actually Hashem's tools, that He is in fact the force and energy behind them. That's the Avoda within Psuke de Zimra is to notice and to look at that and to look behind it. So that's kind of where, what we were talking about and we spoke about the idea that Yira, that fear, which is also associated with this level um, that Yira moves. So there is nothing to be afraid of if you are aware that Hashem is the force behind everything else. And we brought as an example um, the, the pre-war pep talk that the Kohen Meshulach Melchama gives to a Jewish army, which is brought in Devarim, where he says, don't be afraid, because Hashem is going with you into war. And then he goes on to say, and if somebody um, is engaged and not married, go back. And if you built a house and you haven't dedicated it, go back. And if you have a new vineyard and you haven't eaten from it, go back. And if someone is afraid, then go back. So how could someone be afraid? You just said, don't be afraid, Hashem is with you. So, you know, obviously, just because someone tells you not to be afraid doesn't make you not afraid. But once you understand deeper, what, no, when the people are reminded Hashem is really the only one, there's no force to that army over there that's other than Hashem, who's the one who's with you as well, then you're not afraid of fighting in the war. I mean, you're, you're afraid of only Hashem. And when you're afraid of Hashem, you're freed from the other fears. And what they're telling the soldiers, if you haven't been freed from the other fears, what are those other fears then? They're really, their base is in sin, right? And that was, it was brought by Rashi, Um, was it Rabbi Yossi Haglili? Remember Rabbi Akiva said it means, what's he afraid of? He's afraid of war. Rabbi Yossi Haglili said he's afraid of the Averas in his hands. That the Averas in his hands become this barrier between him and Hashem, and now he's afraid. So that's kind of a topic we're going to go into. We're going to do it by asking... I, I have here three, four questions. Good morning. Four questions, essentially. Um... And I hope that we'll discuss all of these four questions in answering this, and um, I think it's a really cool approach So the questions are what are the barriers to tefillah? The Chafetz Chaim in the Mishnah Bura says that in Psukei de Zimra, and this is a whole different language of speech It's not necessarily saying something different than what we've been saying But it's definitely using a different language for it. In psuke de Zimra we're battling the kochos hatuma that result as an influence of Araveros, so that's just that's like wow, that's scary and awesome and uh, el- like kind of high world level, but it makes it harder to uh, for me that language makes it difficult to know what to do with it. How say, do I do that now, battle?
2: You're saying okay.
1: that the in Psuke de, de Zimra, the process of davening this phase of davening, we are battling the kohos hatuma that are a result of Araveros. That's that's wild. Why is that wild? Because the idea that you could battle that. We do things wrong and it creates something called Tuma and we can battle it. So we're not gonna, we're gonna address this in a somewhat different language. Something,
2: because it's difficult to know, so how do you battle that? Oh, sorry. So, so fine, just, let me ask point. you, why, why in this section, and not like, this is already after we've already started davening. Right. So, so what about the battles of? So there were some hints to it, because yeah.
1: you remember that when the Shulchan the, Arach the, um, the said, using the Lashon from Devarim, from the soldiers going to battle, the Shulchan said, what is the avera? Somebody who speaks between Yishtabach and Yotzer. Between, right, if on your way out of Suket to Zimra, you have this interruption, now you have this kind of avera. So there's something going on there. It also has to do with the fact that this, this level, this world that we're working in within ourselves, meaning on the emotional level, the experiential level, which is what we're recruiting among the gifts God has given us, the state of mind, we're using that to do the battle. We're also addressing any issues, you know, any imperfections we have in that area. All of that has to do with Yira, and Yira Shemayim. So this is where we're working at this time. Okay. Um, and the Chavetz Chaim goes on to say, this is the Mishnah Buran or haim that the kohos hatuma that are created through our doing of veros create a barrier between artphilos and the Baruch Hu. and so zmi, z, sorry, zmiros sorry which we said is from the word lizmor to prune zmiros prune it back they trim back this overgrowth you know if you imagine some kind of fingernail that's grown over they trim it back and they cut back the for, those negative forces and allow our tefillos to really surge forward within ourselves and to reach Hashem. And that interrupting between, the, so what he's addressing is that then the interruption between Yishtabach and Kriyashma would then be like dropping a curtain back down that you've already pulled open. So instead of like, fast, you imagine you have some sort of curtain between you and the next room, you can lift it up to walk through it, but if you let go of it and let it drop down before you walk through, you need to go and lift it again in order to get through. And that that's that concept of go back into the battle and fight again. Okay, but again, like I said, for me, it's difficult to relate to that, this teaching of the Chavetz Chaim, at least to start off with. How do I address, okay, I'm supposed to do battle with with forces of tuma, I don't know. It sounds like a story about a chassidish rebbe. It doesn't sound like a story about Sarah Lipman, <laughs> who's standing and davening. You know, it sounds like something where you say, "Oh yeah, he was fighting and battling with the at toma during his trilos and saved klal yisrael." But I don't see how that relates to me. Even if I can, even if I have some way to um, hold the concept that by when I do things wrong, it creates a kolach of tuma, what do I do with that information? And how do I ramp that back other than tshuva, which is not the identical thing as psuche de zimra. <coughs> okay, so this is question number one. What is the barrier to tefillah? And how, how uh, to standing before Hashem.
2: And if by, by um, persevering, let's say, and struggling through psuche de zimra, does that then um, push, push away or correct or somehow... Um,
1: it could be we're going to talk about it it's actually by the forces of tuma i'm not I mean, saying I'm that wondering. the perseverance is not cuz perseverance which that would be a different topic perseverance is kind of the critical key to a lot of things in life and often to the biggest breakthroughs but with zoketizema e we have a pretty we have stated a clear goal about seeing hashem as the force behind everything and also seeing that there is no other force other than him behind everything nothing else actually has its own power So somehow that has to be related to what we're talking about because that's really the objective. If I could meet that objective, then theoretically that would be meeting the objective of what the Chafetz Chaim is talking about. It should be that because this is all supposed to be one thing. It's just not supposed to be a million different things going on over here. Okay. the next question is, how does psuche de zimra pull the barrier away? What is the barrier was number one. And number two, how does it pull the barrier away by saying psuche de zimra? Number three is, why would the interruption Undo the work of Sukkotism. I mean, this is not, it's not like these are four like very deep questions. It's just the kind of going in order. Hi, good morning. Okay? And um,
2: Question can
1: you say number, number two? Three again?
2: Oh, sorry. I, yeah. I number one was pull the barrier away. Yeah,
1: how does, how does that work? And then these are sort of like, and in addition, just sort of tacking onto that, why would an interruption undo it? How come you can't interrupt and just continue? Why would you say that interrupting from Suke de zimra would somehow make you have to at least emotionally go back and, like, think it through again? I'm not saying you would save Suke de Zimmer again because I don't know that that's halachic, okay? There's a brach on each end. But that at least there's a concept that speaking between Yishtabach and Yotzer would somehow undo. That there should, why should that, why can't you just speak and then go back to what you were saying? Why is the interruption matter? I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so again, this is... When it comes to halacha especially for women's davening, oh,
0: please. it's
1: something we have to ask. Why? Because let's say, as a woman, it could be that my chi, Let's. I, I could just say, okay, fine, I won't say pesukei de zimra. I'll just start a shema. Mm-hmm. So, so am I supposed to say that, like, I shouldn't say pesukei de zimra because I know I'm going to have to interrupt for some reason, and then... Right? And then... Uh, well, I... I don't think you could go so far. That's like a very strong thing to say. I don't think you could say that either, right? There's for sure times in life where like, you know you're not gonna get through a whole Shmona Esrei. You have a baby at a certain age, you're not gonna get through a whole Shmona Esrei. So does that mean you don't do a I don't know. Really? I don't know, maybe. Maybe if you're inspired to do it, you know, Rosh Hashanah, there's times where you like say, like, I don't know, should I even try and in the Shmona Esrei? Cause like, I know that that kid's gonna be crying. I don't know. Right? Does that mean we shouldn't daven at all? Maybe it just means we daven and we accept the fact that it's gonna be what it's gonna be? Right. I think it's a question. It's a lot of question, mm-hmm. right? If you know for some reason the way your life is structured, there's gonna be an interruption there. By the way, this interruption is speaking. It's not just like that you went to unlock the door. Okay, this is talking about talking between, so then then I would ask a child.
0: Also, sometimes speaking, <coughs> like not speaking is even worse because right. they're asking the same thing again and again. That's like right, you and zero. you're like going through this
1: whole charade. And yeah, a you have
0: zero concentration, you just yeah, say it exactly. to them. And then you I,
1: think th- I think it's a halakha question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we're trying to address here is what are we trying to do in our minds and why would that be an interruption? Okay, this is all, it's all juggling act. It's, it's all trying to juggle it. But the more focused we are on what, what we're trying to achieve, the easier it is to actually do it. Because then I'm not all over the place. I actually know what I'm doing. All right, so let's start tackling some of these. What is the barrier? So, what
2: was the fourth? So I question? Here.
1: The first question was what's the barrier? What, what gets in the way? Did we get um, to that fourth
2: question? Yeah. What
1: was? The what was? It was really questioning the equivalency of the going back in battle to the having to go back if there's an interruption. Meaning, why would an interruption be so so, so serious here compared to anywhere else that you need to stay focused? And um, but what I'm wondering is why, okay, so this was the handout that goes to this. All right, so some of these you've seen before, all right. Is a different oh is that that handout i guess so
0: and did you say why dafka
2: and Psuke de Zemre? was that a question why interrupting and de yeah why why is, why
1: is it exactly here that right. there's such a problem and it's not even in the middle of Psuke de Zemre it's talking about it's between the end of Psuke de Zemre and the beginning of the brachos for shema mm-hmm. it's right after yishtabach okay so we started with so what is this barrier like there's something of our averos, and it gets between us and God, and how do we we try and pull it away? And I think that the beginning of answering that question is to understand, take a step back and say, okay, let me look at the world. What's the barrier? My goal is to look at the world and see in the world that there are all these forces, and that Hashem is the force behind all those forces. So how am I, how am I getting closer to Hashem in Pesach Edezimra? By looking at the world. What's standing between me and Hashem in Pesach Edezimra? The world. It's both. What's coming between me and seeing Hashem as the sole force in my life (laughs) acting is the world itself. Because I'm perfectly able to think that this cyclone is what caused all the trouble and i'm perfectly able to think that it's because i was born into a certain culture that's the source of all my problems and it's possible for me to think that because there's a lot of wealth in the society that i live in or there's a lot of famine in the society that i live in god forbid that that's the source of my problems the the functions that happen in the world that god created through which He influences the forces and all of the paths of nations and cultures block my view of him directly, which is why the word olam means world, but it's also the word "ne'elam," which means hidden, because the world itself is what hides God. It's almost as if the world has two sides to it, One side of it is that it is how God delivers bracha to the world. And the other side of it is that we're able to look at that and think that it acts on its own. Do you imagine like the babies in the incubators, when they're too fragile to be touched or they're too sensitive to germs, they have those gloves that are built into the incubator. So it looks like the glove is like, handling the bottle and giving the medications and patting the back, but it's not the glove that's doing it, right? There's somebody whose hand is in the glove and moving it. But if you didn't have the glove, you couldn't put your hand in and stroke the baby on its back because it would be too much for it. So the glove does two things. It delivers the pat, but it hides it. It hides the one who's doing it. That's the word olam which is an elam. <coughs> the world reveals God to us and hides him at the same time. So there's a barrier of physicality. It's the physicality itself that is the mask. Now there is also the physicality within us that is a mask. Because whenever we're talking about we're talking about olam ha we're also talking about that part of ourselves that stands in Olam HaYetzirah, right? We're like a ladder. And we have all these levels to ourselves that reach into different parts of the spiritual world as well. We have a physical body in the physical world and we have an emotional body, an emotional state that's in an emotional world and in a world of forces. And for that, I want to share with you what to me has been like a really incredible and useful thing to know and eye-opening. And this is based on two different passages in Sidka Satzadek which is some of the writings of Rov Sadok Hakoin of Lublin. And what he says is this. Some of the ideas will be familiar, but I think that the way that it's put together is maybe a little novel. Every time someone does an avera, remember we the said, "Oh, we're pulling back, right? The Satsuma created by averas." Whenever someone does an avera, this creates a Malach ra, whatever that means, a bad malach. Okay, a malach, what's a malach? So Rabbi Tatz will define a malach as um, an emissary of divine force. When Hashem creates something to happen in the world, so one of the early stages of that is a malach, it's a sending out of force. That's what a malach is. When a person does an avera, it creates a malach ra, which, if you think about it, you've heard this idea, right? Create a malach ra, you create a malach tov. People will tell their kids the malachim are dancing because you did something good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you say kaparos. There's this idea of right, if there's one white malach and there's a thousand, uh, out of a thousand, right, bad ones, that that should also be for a kapara. It tells you something about the power of people. If our actions could also create malachim. That's a different topic, but it's an interesting one, right? This is why. What we do all week for six days is called malacha, right? Okay. So when a person does an avera, this creates a malachra, as Chazal have taught us. And then he says, "This malachra." So what do you think? What do you think you would want to have happen to this malachra? I don't know. You'd want to exterminate it or something, right? Like this is terrible. Disappear. You know what he says? Zehu l'tova This is good for people. This is a very good thing. <coughs> <How, yeah. laughs> Sheh because a malach, who is a spiritual life force. A malach is something that exists in the spiritual world, which means v'hu makir A malach has clear recognition of Hashem because it's purely spiritual. Okay. We don't. Why? Because the, one of the things that physicality creates is hiddenness. So on the one hand, the world reveals God, and on the other hand, it hides it. On the one hand, our physicality reveals God's action into the world when we do the right thing. And on the other hand, when we do the wrong things, we're not revealing godliness into the world. We're hiding it. Okay, the physicality has the same impact when, fil- when the spirituality is filtered through us and our physicality. But this malach is a purely spiritual force. It recognizes the truth of godliness. And it desires that it be, that it create good. You've created a spiritual force that's negative, that we think of as bad. This is ra, But what does the spiritual force think? Well, it's a malach. A malach's job is to serve Hashem. So the malach wants there to be good, not bad. So the malach gets to work and says, was I created into the world to be something that hides God's presence in the world? What, what am I here for? I'm here to reveal godliness in the world. So therefore the malach gets to work and says, I have to arouse my human to tshuva." Hang on, because that just sounds a little simplistic. There's like a deeper aspect to this. When a person remembers the sin they did, when you remember how you messed up, shoveling the kids out the door in the morning, or not being welcoming to the guest, or whatever it is you remember you did, and you think that was really wrong, I kind of blew that. I should try and fix that. That comes from remembering the sin, which means that the sin itself now becomes the force for the tshuva. When you remember something you've done wrong, and in thinking about it, you regret it, and you even turn it into tshuva, then the sin itself has become the catalyst for something good. Isn't
0: the sin always the catalyst for tshuva?
1: Yeah. But but what he, where he's gone with it is he's taken another step. He's saying whenever a person does something wrong, it creates something called a malachra. But the malachra is a <coughs> spiritual force whose goal is to serve Hashem and to bring recognition of God. And so it gets to work on you to arouse you to it. I want to read you a passage from another piece from Sidka Satzadik.
0: So even though the initial initial result is seemingly negative, it's ultimately positive.
1: It always will turn back around, right, and work toward the good. This is not so different from the idea. Rav Hirsch talks about... um, he says, God will not allow his will to be thwarted. Yeah. One of the benefits of being omnipotent mm-hmm. is that you always can have your way. Mm-hmm. Okay, And yet God has given us free will. So there's a process of tikkun. <laughs> when people go the wrong way, they have to get back. And that can be a very long, hard, and dark path. But it will lead back
0: because it's to good. God's
1: will. Because, because God will not bad. allow his will uh-huh. to be thwarted.
0: It seems dangerous to, to say something like that, though, that you could have um, people who feel that, oh, it's okay if
1: I do. Right, because it'll all come out in the end. Uh, so, but there's, uh, there's side effects. Yeah. Hang on, oh, we're getting okay. to the side effects. Right. Okay. Okay. And that even righteous people require this force because it's only through recognizing our imperfections that a person can recognize that he needed God all along. So this process of failure and then getting back up again is actually imperative. But there's another piece from Zitka satsadik
2: Isn't that what a is?
1: I don't know. That yeah, that he falls up. seven times and gets yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Now here's another piece. Fear. When a person feels fear or anxiety. Zitka satsadek. When a person feels fear. It is directly because of his sins. So that's something you can't just throw around to people.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, yes. because you walk up to someone who's saying, I'm having anxiety, I'm scared, and you say, them, oh, that's because you're a sinner. Right? <laughs> if you were good like me. Got the
0: answer for you. You would have, con- you would have
1: confidence and you would be fine, right? You just, just copy me. Okay, but let's, let's hear him out on this, <laughs> okay? The fears of a person are an outcome of sin. And he gives some quotes for that. I am so. I don't know where the rest of these handouts are. I'm sorry, I know we gave them out in the past, so yes. here we are again, but I don't know where the rest of the copies are. I used some of them in another class. You have one? Okay, so I had added, all the way on the right, you see there's one that says tzidka Satzadik? Do you have that? Is this the one you've got? tzidka Satzadik row all the way on the right? Yes. Okay. Okay, so this is what, okay, this is a lot easier, I think, if you have, like, the little chart on the side, all right? He says, there's chatoim, and there are dinim, judgments, a person is judged, and yeserim, person has suffering, hakol davarechad. That's all really the same thing. Okay, so I've put them here on the table, yeserim at the bottom, pachad, at the next level, chet, at the next level, din, or tshuva, at the top level. All right, these are all the same thing as Chazal have said. And as Chazal have taught us, he quotes a Gemara that talks about a malach that comes down, and it instigates, and it goes back up, and it accuses, and it comes back down, and it can take a person's soul. I assume he's talking about the Malach HaMavis, this idea that the Malach HaMavis is associated with the Yetzir which is associated, right, with the Kategor, the Satan, and Shemayim accusing us. Right, these are ideas we hear. He says, however, we also know that one Malach cannot do more than one Shlichus. Mm-hmm. He says, so what that tells us is this is all one Shlichus. This is all one job. This is all the same thing. Each one is not really a separate Koach. It's all one idea. At the highest levels where Hashem sits in judgment, the highest level of Atsilos, on our chart the highest level, of Atsilos is associated with Kisei Hakavod, which is God's throne of judgment. So over there where God sits in judgment, that's Din. When we talk about judgment, when a person does an Avera, the force that is created at the world of Atsilos looks like Din. This is very logical once he says it this way. In the world of the Malachim, which is the world of Bria, that's our row number two, okay, these are called chatoim, these are the, the, the malach ra, that force of ra that was created, that's over there. And that's tickling the person to try and get him to do tshuva, so that it doesn't have to be din that comes out to a negative, right? Okay, in the world below that. Uh, so then he says at the very bottom level, it's yesurim, Because that's the physical expression. In the world of physicality, the way that sins are expressed, they don't look like, uh, like din. They look like suffering. The outcome of a sin looks like suffering in this world. And at the level of our emotional state, this is called fear. All of it is the same force acting. It's just that in different places, it looks different. In the same way that we've said before, Everything in the physical world is an expression of a spiritual reality. But this, and there's no piece of grass that grows without a malach hitting it and saying grow. But we don't think that in the world of the malachim, the malach of the grass looks like a blade of grass. I don't know what it looks like because it's a spiritual world. Maybe it doesn't look like any, I don't know what that means even, right? What kind of question is it? But certainly isn't a blade of grass up there, right? It's whatever the spiritual force of a blade of grass is. The same thing when we sin. The force that is created out of that, that's born out of that, it doesn't look like flipping a light switch in the world of Malachim. In the world of Malachim, it looks like a Malach, or it looks like well, the Malach of Chet, okay? In another world, it looks like fear. And that is the action of that same force trying to tickle us and say something's wrong. Because fear, right, you know the old, there's nothing to fear but fear itself, right? fear is only useful to cause you to watch out fear on itself when it just becomes anxiety is not useful it's just a kind of suffering it's a kind of emotional suffering right people have things happen to them that they can't anticipate happening and they don't have fear about it and there's people who have a lot of fear about things that never actually happen so fear has a purpose and a usefulness but in and of itself, what does it do? It alerts you to the fact that there's something wrong that needs to be watched out for. That's what fear is really for. So when a person feels fear, this is the when a, when a person feels fear and it cannot be connected to a particular situation, obviously if a person's waiting to get the results of a blood test, you know, a scary blood test, then the fear is connected to a certain situation but sometimes we feel fear that's not connected to a certain situation. When that's the case, that means that it's a fear that is to alert us to look for what we need, what is it that I do need to be watching out for then? There's something else, there's something inside of me that's saying there's something wrong. Something's not right, something needs to get fixed. That's what the fear is for and its purpose is to sweeten the problem at its root. In other words, we've created a bitterness, mm-hmm. and the goal is to sweeten it. So it's, suppo- it's an alert, it's a smoke alarm. Anxiety is meant to be an alert, it's an alarm, and it rings. And it's to tell us, look at something. And now, this is not so strange. Once we remember, again, back to that army, going out to war. And the coin says, don't be afraid, Hashem is with you. If you're still afraid, what's the cause of the fear? Averos. The cause of fear is the Averos, because the Averos get between you and Hashem, and now the Tzitka Satsalek painted it in like a new way, but it's really the same message. What he painted in a new way was the fear itself is an outgrowth of the Averos, and therefore, what do you do when you feel afraid? You do tshuva. You don't sit and hide. You say, Hashem, I need to draw close to you. What is it you want me to do differently? This is how we... Now, that process then of saying, where is my fear coming from? There's basically two places it can be coming from. Fear can either come from the fact that I'm afraid of Hashem for some reason, or, which we haven't talked about yet, or fear can come from fear of physical forces. Either I'm afraid of something from Hashem, or I'm afraid of physical forces if what I'm afraid of is not Yerushalayim, but is fear of something physical, fear of sickness, fear of my own weakness, fear of catastrophes, fear of other people, then the, the actual cure for that is the realization that there is no force behind anything other than Hashem. This, this avoda of Pesuket de is in fact the cure for fear. When I look at everything and I realize. Right, how is it that monk put it? It was a learning and an unlearning. Right? We have to learn that Hashem is the sole source of power in creation. And at the same time, unlearning that there's anything else that has any power over us. And when we do that, we're actually, there's nothing left to be afraid of. Okay. So now, let's look at this Rambam. This is the first one, I see there's no numbers, but it's the first one on this side, okay? And I'm just gonna skim through it quickly through the bold parts. It is a mitzvah to have love and fear, or awe is the easier term for us to swallow, of this mighty, powerful, awesome Lord. And what is the way to get to this love and fear? When a person looks at God's actions, and his creations, his wondrous creations, that are so mighty, and he sees within them God's wisdom, which is incalculable, right? You see how many things have to work together to pollinate a flower. Right, it's not just the flower and the colors, but also the bees or the hummingbirds or, right? And they have to be able to fly and they have to be able to see and they have to be able to know how to turn that into something else that's useful for them in order to be attracted to When you see this and all of a sudden you're overwhelmed by the, by the wisdom behind it, the it it's endless. <laughs> a person automatically begins to love and praise and extol Hashem. He says, this is amazing. Look what Hashem did. Look what he's created for us. And he becomes filled with a passionate desire to know God better. But then if a person thinks and reflects, uses different words, one is and one is mechashev, which are also a little bit different, but when a person then thinks about these things even more, he's then thrown back on himself, and he becomes afraid. If God can do all that, and God is so perfect, and God is so great, and it's the cosmos, and it's all these stars and things that are like so big and so far away, then all of a sudden, a person also becomes terrified, and he knows, that he's such a tiny creation, so lowly, and dark, who knows so little and is trying to stand and be in the presence of one who is so perfect. It's like, what am I doing here? Who do I think I am to come talk to God? So now I feel so small. Okay, and through the... Okay, so I'm not going to go on to the end of this, but through this, a person, through this yira, and this process of really being thrown back and forth from Yura to Ava, Yura to Ava, Yura to Ava, this is how we develop. It's actually a back and forth between Yura and Ava. All right, I just wanna, I don't have so much time. I really wanna share with you a piece from Rapersh, where he builds out from this Rambam. Like this. This is the second passage, which is from Shmos. And it's not just from Shmos. Okay, I gave you a little extra Pasuk in advance just because the context is so valuable. This is what, this is Matan Torah. Okay, this is where we were standing yesterday. We're standing at Har Sinai. The mountain is smoking and there's lightning bolts and everything's covered with cloud. And Hashem says, but The voice of God is now shattering through the world. And we're hearing it. And he tells us the Ten Commandments. The whole, the whole nation could see it and could hear it. And we saw it, and we shook, and we were thrown backward. We were thrown farther away. Right? That's Yura. It's too big for us. And the people said to Moshe, maybe you should speak to us so that we'll be able to hear it without dying because this is overloading us. And Moshe said to the people, don't be afraid. There's the Yira. Don't be afraid of dying. Don't be afraid of being thrown back. Ki naso bo it's in order to elevate you that Hashem has come. And in order that the awe of him should be on your faces in order that you will not sin. OK, now that's interesting because he says, don't be afraid, in order that the fear should be on your face. How do you get fear on your face if you're not afraid, right? This is not so different from the koin m'shuach melchama, who says, don't be afraid. And if you're afraid, you have to go to Juva. OK? Over here, don't be afraid, in order that you should be afraid and not sin. Go together. Okay. So what does it mean? And Rashi says, what, Hashem comes to elevate you, olam, to raise you up in the world. That's a Hey, okay. A nace is a banner. It means to, to raise you up. I'm going to jump ahead. I have to run ahead to the, to the Rav Hirsch because we don't have time to do all of it. Sorry. One of the things that we see is that there are multiple levels of purpose. There's ba'avur and li'ba'avur. Bavur means for a certain purpose. In this pasuk, there are two purposes, which doesn't seem possible. You can't have two purposes for something. You have to have one purpose for something. If you have two purposes, you don't know what you're doing.
0: It's like two birds with one
2: stone.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: You I could. like that. but I mean, okay. you have two
1: purposes with one action, like two results that. Yeah, like the idea of like oh,
0: it gets two things done. I I don't know. I took carpool and I. Did I, I said while I picked up my kids. I don't okay, know. Okay, I like that. Like,
1: right. You gave someone a ride who also needed to come to school. Yeah, I don't
0: know.
1: Okay, I like that. So you could in fact have two purposes and one action. Okay. I still have trouble on the two purposes, but maybe. That could be.
0: Sorry, no worries. No, 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 it <laughs> could be. I want
1: to think about that. I like that. I didn't see I didn't see anybody take that approach, but that doesn't mean it isn't possible. Okay. So, Refhirsh and some of the other Meforshim take a different approach, which is that what we're making here is a distinction between liba'avur and ba'avur. So, liba'avur is towards a purpose, and ba'avur is the purpose. So, towards the purpose would be the elevation in this case, and the purpose would be that there will be awe of Hashem on your face in order that you will not sin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to have a transition to get from one thing to another.
2: So it doesn't one assist the other? Exactly.
1: So that's why one is Lib'avor and one is Bavur. Okay. So here's Rav Hirsch on Yira. I'm going to read to you two paragraphs from Chorev, which is, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a collection of essays that pull together all of Judaism into one unified way of looking at the world. The fear of God consists of laying to heart everything the Torah has taught you about the greatness of God, such as his omnipotence, his grandness, his omnipresence, his endless activity, his majesty, his giving of the law, his omniscience, his scrutiny, his justice and judgment, his retribution. Okay. Um, does that sound familiar? That's the Rambam, right? Look at the world and see how great Hashem is, and that will also throw you back and make you afraid when you realize how small you are. It's something else, though, also. It's what we said is the Avoda of Pesuchet Zimra, Looking and seeing that all of this, really, it's Hashem behind it. He's the one who's all-powerful. None of these other things that I think influence me are the direct influencers on me. They're just God's tools to work on me. Impressing all this so vividly on your mind that the thought of his greatness never deserts you. Okay, that takes time. Like, how, how many of us could say that at every moment where we have awareness of God's greatness... Hopefully we increase the number of moments we have that awareness. That everywhere and always and in everything you behold, that in everything you behold the almighty, great, creative, omnipresent, all-ruling God. Remember we said, when everything in the world, when you attribute to everything in the world God's presence, then everything in the world speaks to you of God's presence. When, When everything that happens in your life you attribute to being Hashem acting on you, then everything that happens in your life becomes Hashem speaking to you. They're both true. It's olam and ne'alam. It's revealing it to you, but it's also hiding it, so you gotta reveal it. It's revealing to you, but you have to also reveal it, because otherwise it will be hidden. Yira's Hashem means, strictly speaking? You know, yira means fear, right? But it also sounds, I mean, what's the root of the word yira? Seeing, lirot, to see. So yours Hashem means to see God everywhere and feel your own littleness in His greatness. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the people. He's telling them that God has come to elevate you. When my littleness is because of Hashem's greatness, am I elevated or am I made smaller?
0: When I feel
1: that I'm little because of an awareness that Hashem is so great, Am I brought up or down?
2: Uh, brought up. I'm brought up.
1: Right. I'm at Salomelo Elohim. However small I am, I'm, uh, which is extremely small, and it's scary to realize how small I am, but that smallness is a function of Hashem's greatness. So whatever I'm connected to, right, I mean, it's, it's scary because then how am I behaving so small? Why am I behaving so small if inside of me, there's a little tendril of something so great? That's terrifying. That's really, really scary. That's Yir As-Chay. That's a different kind of fear. It, it's a much scarier fear. It's scary also because I'm responsible for it, okay? yiras Hashem means strictly to see God everywhere and feel your own littleness in his greatness. I have never heard a definition for Yerushalayim, maybe at all. <laughs> I was going to say as good as this one. I'm not sure I've ever heard a definition for Yerushalayim. This is an unbelievable definition. Do do. If you have a vivid conception of but one aspect of God's greatness, so make something clear in your mind. In psuche de zimra, there are dozens of them, maybe more than dozens. Pick one and build it up in your mind until you are awed by it and you carry it with you always and everywhere, then you cannot sin. If you can find and visualize in your mind something that you can refer back to that puts you in awe, and each of us will have something different than speaks to us. One might have to do with size, right? The size of if you've ever been to any huge mountains. And some of us it'll be the size and scale of powers or something terrifying, right? Like we said, earthquakes or windstorms, or whatever it is, hurricanes, for some of us, it's going to be the intricacies of the wisdom, how complex an eyeball is, or a bumblebee, or right? For some of us, it's going to be the relationships between people, or the wars, or the, the crazy ways that people behave. I mean, there's all kind. Whatever it is for us, the stars, the moon, it's all there in It's all in these Prakama of And to stop at one of them, whichever one we feel, and whether it's because we're out in the world or because we're in the middle of our davening, and allow ourselves to be filled up with something that makes us feel scared, even, by how small we are in the context of how big Hashem is out there and in here, then it's something we can always turn to to look at in our minds. That's Yira. And that will prevent us, in order not to sin. I'm going to skip he, he has a couple pages of different levels of urishmayim. It's worth studying how to get from one to the next to the next, but in I'm going to heart. jump to the summary to the, the conclusion heart. in Horeb. Okay. Early in life therefore, sons and daughters of Israel, open your minds to the greatness of your God. Advance with your fathers to Sinai, and just as they beheld their God's greatness, majesty, and omnipotence, beheld how he and he alone is in everything, in the greatest as in the smallest, and the whole universe is enclosed in his greatness, so do you everywhere stand at Sinai. He's saying we can all stand back at Sinai again. That's why I was hoping to do this last week, you know, before she was. Okay. Mm -hmm. Isru Chag.
0: We can can stand
1: anywhere at Sinai (laughs) if we can try and get our tiny piece of Matan Torah, of what was that overwhelming sensory stimulation of Matan Let God everywhere reveal himself to you in everything great and small. Seek him everywhere. Everything which has been, which is, which will be, above all, everything which has happened and will happen to you. Refer everywhere and always to God, and think of it as being only from God. So will every creature, even the smallest, every change, even the slightest, every fleeting moment, recall God to you. The omnipotent holy God will be everywhere present to you in his all-embracing greatness, so that you may be servants to him and not sin. Show that you are the descendants of those who beheld the greatness of God in Egypt, at the Red Sea, and at Sinai. This is a description of Pesachet This Yerushalayim, how you get to Yerushalayim and what it feels like, is a description of psuche de zimra. That's an awesome thing. Okay, that's also scary, because we're talking about yura, and it is scary. All I can do is tell you that maybe next year we could talk about Ava when we get to Kriyashma, because yura does lead you there. But at first, you have to go through yura. Because at the stage of psuche de zimra, where we haven't gotten to the stage of Kriyashma, then what we've gotten to is seeing that all this is really from Hashem. And it's a kind of... Sometimes we resist it inside because we're afraid to say that. I, I have had conversations with people where they say, I, I cannot accept that the Holocaust was created by God. I mean, these are words, this is okay? Why? Because they want to think only of God as being, I don't know, fuzzy, I guess. I'm not sure. okay? But this is something that we all struggle with, just maybe on different levels. But that's a big mistake. Because what it does is sets us up for fear. Now, all of a sudden, so there's other forces? Which is scarier. <laughs> it's really? It's scarier to think that people could have power over you than it is to think that God has power over you. Because there's nowhere you'd rather be than in God's hands, no matter how tight He's holding you.
0: I'm also thinking about what Rabbi Goldberg was talking about this year. Right, he was talking about your Shemaim and yeah, yeah, discipline. And, like, yeah, because you start off also with the brachos, and you're, it's like all loving, and thank you, and all of a sudden we have to instill, like, okay, you're a shamayim, like it's.
1: And yet the Rambam is saying it's a natural outgrowth, that if you look at the physical, we start in brachos looking at, look, I can walk, I can see, I have clothing, I have a home, right? And then all of a sudden you realize all that is not a given. Right.
0: Exactly. There
1: are, there's all this stuff going on, yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing does, these things actually are meant to lead naturally. These, these patterns of thought in tefillah are supposed to lead naturally from one to the other. It's a sign of our times for all of us that we have to actually sit down and like study how to do that, that to help the words say this to us. But really this is what the words of davening are saying to us. Okay, so one last sentence, which is also from but elsewhere, but describing this process. Okay. If God is our shield, then we need fear nothing, not even death. When we contemplate the all-conquering omnipotence of God, okay, that's a big, big phrase right there, (laughs) all-conquering omnipotence of God, we learn that unshakable trust, it's both. It's scary, and yet it's deeply reassuring. Unshakable trust which enables us to withstand all the vicissitudes of life and even death itself, and which enables all those pervaded with the genuine fear of God to unlearn the fear of human power or natural force, and in its place, to acquire the skill of passing calmly and serenely through all the trials that are part of daily living. If, if we can get there, we've shaken off the fear. We're no longer the soldier who's afraid to go out to war. We go through everything calmly because Hashem is the source of everything. That's terrifying and that is the biggest comfort we can have, it's all Him. So a bit of a strong (laughs) note to send off to the summer, but it's certainly plenty to work with, okay? Thank you, it's been an amazing year. Yeah, we're
0: gonna miss it. And look
1: forward to being back afterward. Um, I don't know exactly what my summer schedule is. Normally this class we don't do in the summer, and I wouldn't continue this class in the summer because it's off schedule. But it's possible that I'm going to be working over here in the summer, in which case it could be we could do something else, like on a yeah. different schedule, like a different unit or something, or would nice.
2: mm-hmm. which
1: would be fun. So I don't know. I'll, I'll send that an email or something mm-hmm. once I, I find out the out. schedule. Yeah. Can you say
2: All these things you. that you were talking about, these different levels.
1: Um, oh, sure. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. Do you? I, I didn't go check and see what came oh, in, so no, okay. okay can yeah. I just
2: give it to you or? sure
1: that's, that's fine thank you yeah
2: all these different levels that you were talking about that are all essentially the same thing the din and the yeah food. so how does that, that that's a pretty, really
1: pretty stunning
2: which one which hate or which sin or oh. what, like where <laughs> to work first I mean like because if you're not completely yeah. aware of what you're doing or how you're yeah. doing, sure. doing it or in which way, like, I, th- I think sometimes, I-, I think most of the time we're blind to our own.
1: Right, we own sit in our own blind spots.
2: Yeah, blind spots. So
1: I part think. of yura and seeing, the association between yura and seeing is seeing. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye,
2: thank you. Thank really. you. Hi. Is seeing. Good song.
1: And it's not so, so easy to see go. ourselves.
2: What? It's
1: okay. <laughs> It's not so easy to see ourselves. Right. So sometimes it's easier to ask somebody else, but then you have to really want to know. What you're, you have to want to know the answer because you're not going to hear whatever it is you hear. is not going to be what you were hoping to hear. You know, you go into job interviews, you know this, right? And they'll say, oh, tell me what's your w- biggest weakness. Oh, I'm such a perfectionist. <laughs> I'm a workaholic, right? That's right? <laughs> so people say these things, right? Like there are people that that's their biggest problem and it's a serious problem. Right? but that's just like a show right? you don't really expect to hear that so whatever you hear is going to be something that's not so nice I think we really all do know what's that quote Rabbi Goldberg said a couple of weeks ago I, I, I mentioned it again he said it um, Purim time. I think he was quoting Revolbi he said the truth is that everyone has the answers they need inside of them you just need to have the courage and strength to look for them you have to really want to know and that comes... It goes together with feeling brokenhearted. It goes together.
0: It becomes desperate. I guess.
1: You have to desperately yeah. really want to know. You have to be saying, I can't stay like this anymore. I have got to change. I, I'm so small and Hashem is so big and I want to be something bigger than what I am. This can't go on. And then your ears are open and your eyes are open to try and see what needs to be different.
0: In the realm of the question... Of the Point you brought up about the Holocaust. How then, if everything comes from Hashem, and we should, we have to just know that whether it's the good and the bad comes from Hashem. How then would you explain a divorce situation where Hashem did create a get, He did create in, but of course nisuin is the better, the good, the the gooder, you know, idea. So like we well, a exactly you know, happier occasion not usually. But. So if he created both, but yes, yet suan is the ultimate. How how do how do you explain that that Hashem wants us to get there? It's all coming from him. So don't be scared because it, it, that's coming from him too. And yes, that's what we think. But
1: yeah. So the, really, it's the avodah shema. It's it's very difficult to have to end the year here because oh we're gosh. putting a lot oh of knows. a lot so of, even more pause. Like and, and you're right. I mean the answer is you can't stay just there. You can't, you can't just stay poised in this, you know. So if you, what did it say? It said, if you interrupt. We are in such violation of that Gemara. That's it. That's Shulchanach, right? If you interrupt between Yishtaba and Yotzer. So let's go. Let's just take a few months off. Why not?
2: Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> OK. Oh, What's, Yotzer? What's Yotzer? What's Yotzer? Yotu the first Bracha of Shema, so we didn't think, what does it mean? It means something, right? I had to cut short a little bit today. Oh, so, like, to, to it means it. something. It doesn't mean nothing. It means something. What are you interrupting between? So, you're interrupting between Yishtabach, praising Hashem, that everything, heavens, earth, positive, negative, war, right? The, the mit, being in Mitzrayim, getting out of Mitzrayim, being chased into the sea, being freed out of the sea, watching all those Mitzrayim die in the ocean but on the other hand we get the money I don't know like I don't know about you and no matter how much we hate them I don't know were were the Holocaust survivors like standing around on the at the gates of Auschwitz hoping to also get like the stuff like you know like that's the Nazis who pulled the gold teeth out of the out of the bodies right that's not that's not the Jews Mm -hmm. who were pulling the gold teeth out of like Nazi guards right that's not like what is this Right? And then we turn the page, and we say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Yotzer Or, who creates light, Uvore Choshech, and creates dark. Oseh Shalom, he makes peace, Uvore Es and creates everything. This is actually based on a Pasuk, not a surprise, most of davening is, and it is a paraphrase. They didn't quote the Pasuk directly. Because what the Pasuk really says is, Yotzer Or, Uvore Choshech, Oseh Shalom, Uvore Es
0: which makes sense because it's the con- would be the contrast. I was waiting like yeah, me, that's not a contrast. That's that right. Before, and this
1: are the is contrast. a euphemism because it's a bracha. Uh, but you're meant. They assume you know the pasuk. Where's the pasuk from?
0: Yishaya. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know the uh, pasuk. Uh, very very sure. Okay, Let's just. Yeah.
1: Google the words, you'll find it. It's like a marvelous day and age we live in, right? Okay, right, right. okay just put in Yotzer Oru vori into the app. I sent you the link to the app into your yeah, Tanakh, the, you know, right, uh, concordance in your iPhone, and it'll pop up, but it doesn't say Vorei it. it says Vorei Okay, God created Tov, and he created, whoops, Ra. that's my lovely note. And God saw everything that he created, and it was Tov Me'od. So we spoke about this with regard to Hanosein le'ayaf koach. The the ha on Hanosein le'ayaf koach. Quotes over there. So what's tov? Tov is associated with or, with light. What's ra? Ra is associated with chosheh. This is yotzer or Uvore chosheh. Light and dark. Okay. This is tov and ra. So what's tov? Tov, the Ramban says in Breshas, but like vayar Elokim esa or ki tov. That's the first case of good is seeing light. Okay. So the Ramban says over there, he has a whole bunch of definitions in that Ramban. Definition of um, Amira, what is speech? Vayomer is creation. Right? It's a whole whole series, one after another, within a few sentences. Bye, have a good summer. Um, Tov, Yira, Hashem seeing it, Vayara lokim is, it's, it's not the Qiyum. I don't have the Rambat in front of me. I just saw it yesterday. Again. I don't remember. I have to look it up. Okay, he has a whole, a whole series of them. And Tov is when something that God created is in the state which He wishes it to continue permanently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When something has reached the state of Tov, the state of light, that is the state which God wishes it to always now continue but Hashem saw the light and it was good he separated right right away Chazal teach us he put away some of that light for the tzaddikim in the future because it's not suitable for the Rashaim so already then before man is created which is one of the deeper mysteries because it's this is nothing to do with our fault I mean yes it is because of the Rashaim but whatever this is something much more deeply embedded than that is that the finite world, which is imperfect, is always changing. One of the qualities of infinity is never changing, because it's okay. always everything. One of the qualities of being finite and physical and limited is change. Okay, okay so we have shana, which is of shinui, l'shanot, to change, chodesh, l'chodesh, to be renewed. There's change all the time. When it gets to Tov, now it's perfect. now it's the way it's meant to always be. And that's or, or and Tov. Those go together. Which means that during the physical world, um we haven't gotten back around to Vajaro Kimis or Kitov and that light being fully revealed, which is a process of Choshech, which means Ra, which is constant changing. There are greater and smaller flashes of light. I suppose the Hasidic teachings would talk about them in terms of sparks. That is, that's definitely way outside my sphere of, I was going to say knowledge is not the word, the, the,
0: learning. The tov is not always apparent. Exactly. Tov know, and ra, but
1: it, it's not apparent. Ra is a root to tov.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Ra is a root to greater tov. And the the combination of din and rachamim is the creation of the world. Um, It says Hashem created the world with din, right? And then he saw people can't live that way, so he blended rachamim into it. But really the din itself is only a secondary expression of chesed. Chesed is the primary. From the chesed came the din. Why? Because it's a tzimtzum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just the fact that there is a finite world is already a pulling back Mm -hmm. and a holding back. So the world is created only because of din. That's why Hashem, in the beginning, he's going to create the world with din. And then you have to temper that with rachamim. But before all of that is chesed. It's a process. It's a very difficult process. There is a higher level view, and that comes back to the classes we talked about, shira, which is the end of Sukkot. de Zimra, gets to this shira, right? The shira is not just about the fact that we were able to cross the Amsof. Shira's introduced, right? as as Asher When we saw that we that the Mitram died at the Red Sea, and we saw how they died, each one exactly in accordance with their actions. No more, no less. A Mitri who wasn't so bad had not such a bad death. A mitzvah who was really bad had a bad one. Because it's not the dying that's the, prob- that's the big catastrophe. Human beings die. That's not the catastrophe. It's the suffering. Okay, so each one got exactly. Seeing that, Vayar asa Hashem We're not in Egypt. But when we saw the perfection of God's din, mm-hmm. in a harsh way too, we, we were seeing at the same time something glorious and amazing and something harsh. Hashem says to the malachim, don't sing. Don't sing. This is not funny, all these Egyptians dying like that. This is not a time for singing, right? When we saw both of those things side by side, that we're redeemed, that God reached out, who are we? We're indistinguishable from Egyptians in Mitzrayim. Really? These people are better than those, the malachim said to Hashem? Why are you saving those people instead of those? They're all the same. They're all just as bad. They're all just as corrupt. They're all just a vodazara people. They don't believe in you. And then we looked around and we said, Hashem came and hunted us down. He tracked us down by our DNA. And he lifted us out of there. He wanted us. We didn't know we were something special, maybe. And he chose us out from there. And look how he judged them directly. Then we understood. Then we could see the great hand which God had done in Egypt. We understood what happened to us last week. And for the last year. In a whole new light. And then, then we had fear of God. That's, that's what this is about. But what came from that? We could have complete trust in Hashem and confidence. The, the fear of God leads us to complete, serene, happy confidence to walk forward. It, it almost seems impossible. Like, how could it be? We associate fear as so negative. But fear of God releases us from fear of anything else. And now we're safe. We're afraid of God, we're safe.
0: <laughs> interesting it's like an oxymoron but when is. You think about it the way
1: Rav Hirsch puts it right it was just like exactly has it right but that's what gives us the confidence because he is so great and that's the perfection and that leads to Shira Shira is the highest level of Nevuah. in other words we could see how everything that happened not just being set free from Egypt but the great hand which put us into Egypt in the first place as Rav Schwab explains it, that what we saw was not just how great it is that we were redeemed, but the chesed of the fact that we had suffered as slaves. That's not something that's expected we saw. We didn't see that when we were slaves. Right. We suffered. But there's a concept the best, that someday right, there could be the a way to...
0: Something.
1: That's right, that it wasn't something wasted. It's good. not just... When we left Mitzchahim, we were rejoicing that we were set free. We could sing hollow. We were rejoicing that we were set free but we were not rejoicing in the fact that we'd been slaves. In Asyashia, there was a kind of exaltation of realizing that we had been slaves and that that had had value, and it was worth it. There was a lot of suffering in Egypt. 80% of the people died. That's a lot of losing. And yet, when we got to the sea, we were able to see something like, in a whole new way. And that's when you can turn the page and say, Yoter or Because we want to say like who are we to label it ra? Kind of over here, mm-hmm. and especially over here, because the goal when we come out of psuket and we have to move straight into the brachos of Shema. Why? Because we've got to move toward being able to say,
0: we understood the suffering, but, and now we're moving towards it's all you loving it
1: exactly receiving wanting to receive it. Kabbalah malchus, saying I want this. Whatever it is, I don't know where you're taking me, God, but I know it's somewhere good. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Until now, we were suffered with it. And we said, look, if this is what you're doing for me, I guess it's for the good. Like, I don't want it. I'd rather you didn't. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we go forward from there and we say, I don't get it. But I can remember that I once saw how what you took me through really was the ultimate Tov. It was Tov Me'od. Right? What's tov me'od? Ze'em alach ha'moves, zahara. Right? It was tov me'od. It was even better than good. I didn't see it then. But because I can remember, that's v'ya'aminu. Emunah, Emuna, reverses definition of emunah is when you behave in such a way as to trust in that which you cannot see now, but you know it to be true. So he says emuna is never blind faith. Emunah, and he learns it out with Avraham, that Avraham, um, that Avraham trusted in God. What does mean he mean? He believed in God? He had Nebuah already. It's like after Brisbane, I'm sorry. He, he believes in God. does not mean he believes in God? It means he knows from his experience that God will fulfill what he says, and therefore he behaves in, that, uh, in accordance with that even when it is not visible in front of him. That's emuna. So that's what comes into play here with Az Yashir. And that's what we take then. Now you have that, you can go forward. You go from Yira to Emuna. Now I can trust in God. Mm-hmm. And I can feel perfectly comfortable in His hands because even though right now I can't see it, I, can, I know from experience that it is so. And I know it so completely that I could be secure in it. That's really what trust is. So trust is in English, more or less, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the word faith that's a problem. So this is kind of that. that's the bridge that it's difficult to talk about so get to Zimmer without talking about Shema.
0: <laughs>
1: and you hate it's, to do it because it's, it's really hard.
0: It's it's part of the route. It's a path. <laughs>
1: it's all a path. And, and from there there's higher levels. You get to shonasser, it's another level. There's levels beyond Shma. But um thank you so much, it's hard you can't talk about them so much before you get to Shema. Thank so yeah, thank you. Good to see you. Nice to see you.